Hi friends, welcome to the Truth Applied Podcast. My name is Rebecca Ann Perkins. I am a full-time Christian speaker, Bible teacher, and master life coach. This podcast has undergone a few name changes, but if you know me, you know my mission has not changed. For more than 10 years, I've been following the call to help you understand the truth, which means good biblical theology, and apply that truth to your everyday life. We use a bit of life coaching, a bit of counseling, real stories, deep vulnerability, to make truth move from your head to your heart, to make it impact your life. In this day and age where culture is pulling us in a thousand directions and giving us a thousand empty promises, where self-help and self-reliance and self-worship are on the rise, we are a community of women who know better. We know that Jesus is still the way, the truth, and the life. But life is hard, and we've got some lies we believe and some hurts we need to heal from. So that's what we're here to do. I am your place where every Monday you can bank on getting truth and really practical truth at that. Thank you so much for being here today. I love God. I love depth. I love you. Let's get to the episode. Hey friends, welcome to part two of this three-part series. I am teaching a lesson called Knowing God's Love. I broke it up for you guys into three different podcasts. So last week I talked about the effects of knowing God's love, meaning how it should impact your life. Today I'm going to go over the eight characteristics of God's love. This is a really great reminder and some things that we rarely think about. In fact, some of these I was like, I don't know if I've ever kind of consciously called that to mind. So I think the next 15, 16 minutes is going to be super encouraging for you on this crazy holiday month, Monday. (laughs) This episode is coming out on December 3rd. And I know some of you are probably feeling awesome and loving it. Some of you are having maybe a stressful day. Oh, who knows what the life circumstances are, but I just want to say hi, and I'm glad that you're listening today. And I hope that this is an encouragement to you next week for part three. It's going to be the crazy practical stuff. The, how do we actually feel the love of God? What are the things that we can do to make sure that we're not just knowing in our heads that God loves us, but that we, we actually feel loved by God. I'm really excited about next week's episode, but this one is just going to be encouraging. So listen and be encouraged. Next week, we'll get to the practical. As always, hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, send me an email. If you guys need anything, have any questions, I know there's a lot of us listening and kind of learning, taking in this information together. So as you listen today, friend, just know that you're not alone and know that this truth, these truths about who our God is and the characteristics of his love apply to you. They apply to you today. They apply to your joy, your stress, your pain. I don't know what you need to be reminded of today but it's coming. So let's dive in. Now I'd like to talk really quickly about the eight characteristics of God's love. There are obviously more than eight, um, but these are the eight that I think really set apart God's love from human love and that 
when we wrap our mind around how perfect his love is, it, it really blows our mind. It really begins to stabilize us and our life and our heart. So I'm going to read them for you uh, real quick. And just because it's fun to list them all off, I'm going to look up some of these verses and then we'll get to the portion of the lesson where I'm going to tell you guys, okay, how can, okay, Rebecca, like, what do I need to be doing to be feeling and receiving this love from God? God's love is uninfluenced. God's love is eternal. God's love is sovereign. God's love is infinite. It is unconditional or immutable. Same word. It is holy, it is gracious, and it is personal. God's love. Now, let remind remind you, let me remind you that the Bible says that God is love. God doesn't just love. He is love. All love that happens on this planet, all true love, the source is God all holy love. The source is God. Now, even the word love has gotten so hijacked in this day and age um, that we can think other things like lust or love or like um, a, a desire to please another person or um, a desire to commit to another person there are a lot of things that culture and the world would like to tell us are love, but they are not. Love is this. It is God. And it is only through God that we learn how to love truly and purely and that we can experience perfect love because he's the source of it. There's nothing else that is the source of it. So the love of God is uninfluenced. Uh, this is found in Deuteronomy 7, 7 through 8. Um, in it, God is talking in this scripture passage. Well, why don't we just turn there? We haven't turned to many yet. So we'll turn really quickly to Deuteronomy. I don't actually have that one marked in my Bible. So I'm going to give you guys a second to find it as well. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 7. Verses seven and eight. This says, um, for you are a people, a holy people to the Lord, your God. The Lord, your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and he chose you for you are the fewest people. But it was because the Lord loves you and is keeping his oath that he swore to your fathers. What that means, God's love is uninfluenced, means that, um, you know, humans often love for reasons that are, are selfish and that benefit us and reasons that like, like we're prompted to love because somebody is, I don't know, um, good looking or <laughs> has a lot of money or they can we're just, we're prompted, even because they're like blood family, we're prompted to love them. God says, I, I chose you because I chose you. 
and because I made a covenant with you. And whether you kind of keep your end of the bargain or not, whether you're the most numerous people on earth or not, the richest people on earth or not, I'm loving you because I chose to love you because I made a covenant with you. And it's uninfluenced by anything that you do, anything that you do. Mind blowing and so different than the way that humans love. The love of God is eternal. Ephesians 1, 4 through 5 tells us that God loved us before time and that he will love us into all of eternity. God's love is sovereign. Psalm 115, verse 3 and Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. Let's turn to Psalm 115, 3 really quick. Uh, and we'll read just this little verse. It's just one little verse about kind of how God operates and who God is. Uh, how how he exists so differently than humans. Psalm 1, 15, verse 3. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. So sovereign just means it's similar to uninfluenced, but sovereign means that God doesn't love because he has to. He doesn't love because anybody has told him to. He is a completely self-governing, sovereign, does what he does because he is in control and we are not. I mean, it's so hard to explain God because it's God <laughs> and we're humans, right? But his love is on purpose by his own choice and cannot be influenced by anything. It was there before the beginning of time, and it will be there until the end of time, which is infinite. It doesn't run out. We read that in Ephesians 3, 19, Romans 8, 38 through 39. His love is infinite. Let's turn really quick to Ephesians 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19 says... This is one of the verses we opened with, by the way. That you may know the love of God, which surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled with the fullness of God. So the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, just means that it's so big and so unending and so vast that we cannot understand it, which means I also can't really explain it, <laughs> except to say to you guys that it surpasses <laughs> the vastness of anything that we can understand. The love of God is unconditional. James 1, 17 and Lamentations 3, 22 through two, through 23. Now, this one is the hardest one, I think, actually, for most of us to understand um, that the love of God is unconditional. And the reason it's the hardest for most of us to understand is because for most of us, we've only experienced conditional love. Um, we've only experienced, e even in our homes growing up, uh, parents who loved us when we performed well or when we obeyed good parents, I think, or parents who understood unconditional love were able to offer love to their children in that way. But most humans, most humans only really know how to, or think that love really does depend on someone's behavior, performance, and when a person fails or when a person is weak or when a person is not enough or when a person messes up, the love can easily be withdrawn. 
so to, to, to start to wrap our minds around the fact that God's love is unconditional and which means that we can go to him when we've messed up. It means that we can go to him when we have sinned. It means that we can go to him when we maybe haven't gone to him in years is scary and a brand new experience for a lot of people. The love of God is holy. That just means that it's perfect and it has really no ulterior motives. Okay. If you're used to people loving you for maybe what they can get out of you or for improper reasons or unholy reasons, God's love is completely holy and pure. And then finally, well, no, not finally, I've got two left. The love of God is gracious. Romans 5, 8 and John 3, 16 tell us um, really that, that God's love was given to all humans when we didn't deserve it, when we had not earned it. Another way, another thing that's very hard for us to believe, very hard for us to believe. So let me just push into that for a second. There's some of you in this room right now Again, if you're watching with a group, maybe you're watching one-on-one, -on -one. but there's some women who think that they have more of an issue of pride and they think I've kind of like done stuff right. And I, I actually think I kind of do deserve the love of God. This is a reminder to you that that's not actually true. And even if you've lived a life um, of obedience or that's pleasing to God, even God's love for you is unmerited. It's undeserved. Um, it's a free gift. Okay. We are all sinners. Even those of us who think we've done a real good job at things, we're still sinners and we still need to be humble and thankful for God's love. We didn't earn it. We have not earned it. It was at the beginning and always will be a free gift. And for those of you who fall on the other end of that spectrum and you think I have done the worst things, Rebecca, you don't know my history. You don't know my past. You don't know the depth of, um, the sin, the defiance. You don't know what I've done. I deserve punishment. I, I don't deserve his love to you. I say, you're right. You don't, but he gives it anyway. His love is free. His love is unconditional. His love is holy. His love is uninfluenced. Are you starting to be moved by it a little bit, you guys? Are you starting to like breathe and realize that God is God and humans are not, which means his love is actually different. It's different. It's bigger. It's perfect. And it's personal. Okay. This is my favorite point. Um, because I was raised in church and there have been times in my life, especially times when God was not answering my prayers. Okay. So I kind of sort of mentioned that, um, I got married when I was 39, <laughs> which means that for almost two decades, God was not answering my prayer of a husband or kids or a family or all the, the other things that I desperately wanted and even wanted for good reasons um, and was praying for. And God wasn't answering them. And it was very easy for me to start to feel like 
you don't see me. This whole sort of thing I've been told or this whole idea I've been raised with, which is that like, God loves you and he sees you and he cares about the details of your life. I was like, bull, like there's no evidence here that you care about the details of my life because you seem to be really handling the details of everybody else's life, but not my own. Okay. Um, and yet uh, we read like in places like Luke chapter 15, which is the story of the sheep um, the shepherd, the good shepherd, there's a hundred sheep, one sheep goes astray. And we're told that the good shepherd leaves the hundred sheep to go find, leaves the 99 to go find the one. There are stories like that all over the Bible um, of where, where, where God paints a picture for us that he indeed loves all of creation, all of his children. He indeed loves and is died for everybody and is going to redeem, but he sees in his vast abilities that go beyond human abilities, he does see you. We are told that he knows the number of hair on our head. We are told that his thoughts are more vast about us than the number of sand on this, in this, on the beach. Like over and over and over and over and over, the Bible does say that he knows us personally. He holds our tears in jars. So yes, he's the God of the universe of all time, but yes, he knows what's going on in your heart and in your life and in your relationships and in your mind. He knows your needs. He knows your past. He knows you. Again, some of those verse references, Luke 15, um, Galatians 2.20, when Paul says, the son of God loves me and gave himself up for me. And then um, probably the most famous chapter of, uh, kind of along these lines in the Bible is Psalm 139, where it talks about God knitting us together in our mother's womb and thinking of us and um, it's just really the the chapter of the Bible where the psalmist is reflecting on how personal God's love is. Friend, you listened all the way through to the end. <laughs> I know enough about podcasts to know that must mean that you liked it. If you did like it, can I just ask you really quick to do a favor? Rate or review this podcast maybe share it with a friend, maybe text it to them or share it on social media. This content is blessing women and helping them grow. And ultimately, yes, we want to grow the show. We want to grow the community because we want to grow the kingdom of God. You can help us get truth out there by doing any of those things that I just mentioned. And also don't forget to check the show notes. There'll be links to everything that we talked about in today's episode, as well as links to my website directly. If you're interested in Christian life coaching, you can book a free discovery call. If you're interested in having me speak at an event to your women, you can book a free networking call with me and we'll chat. All right, guys, I'll see you next Monday.